<laughs> Sorry, I don't have a ham horn app like on me, but anyway, yeah, let's get this started off. We are uh, four days into the new season of Stranded in Morocco, and we're going to be starting off on a podcast here. Returning from San Diego is yours truly, the beautiful Joaquin Super Biel, or Biel, I don't fucking know. He's a douchebag. Uh, although apparently, uh, Lucy thinks that I'm the real him, so. He's Lucy's best friend. The best thing I've learned all week. <laughs> that was so funny. He's like, well, yeah, we have mutual friends. And I'm like, uh, I'm pretty sure I've stopped you on Facebook before and we don't have any mutual friends. <laughs> <laughs> that had to be the biggest brain fart I've ever seen. <laughs> I, was, I was like crying, laughing. That was so funny. <laughs> Loved it. All right. So we are two episodes, I guess you could call it, into Stranded in Morocco. Introduce yourself, you asshole. So Jeff Probst, a.k.a. Pootie's here. Say hello. Welcome to the show. This is Pootie. Welcome to the Stranded Podcast, our first episode where we'll be covering some actual gameplay. We're joined by Wok, our, what would I call you, Wok, our illustrious host of the podcast. After celebrating Mardi Gras, is your blood entirely alcohol at this point? <laughs> Actually, bummer, we couldn't, couldn't drink too much because Julie just got diagnosed with diabetes as some of you know that was a fun way to start the season uh, with me not diabetes. being able to be here diabetes <laughs> help i phone and i can't get up no that's the wrong thing that's, that's not sorry we're making fun but on a serious note yeah we had to basically delay the start of the season by like a day because of julie's medical issue we don't want to make too much light of that that is serious and we hope she's doing okay i you know i actually think though even though it sucked after the delay, that it kind of kickstarted the season having essentially the challenge, the first challenge in Tribal Council back to back. We've never done that before. And I think we also benefited from the Jalal tribe going to that first council, but we'll get into oh that. Oh my God. Minute. It was incredible. Yeah. So just kind of to, to set the stage. So the first challenge comes up and it's a puzzle challenge. Yeah, so the puzzle challenge is a little bit different this season in that we had an external site that the tribes used to solve the challenge, which I think was definitely a lot easier for newbies to do. And at the same time, by having three different levels of difficulty, we still got a little bit of a separation of who sucked and who was really good at challenges. So I think that aspect will probably be here to stay. I'm not sure how necessary it is to have these overly complicated, technically difficult challenges to complete where we can just do something more mobile friendly and easier for these new players to jump in. What did you guys think about the, the new challenge style? I loved it. I really appreciated the three different levels. I thought that that was a fun way to do it, especially when you limited it to uh, a different tribe mate and had to post every puzzle. I thought that that made it a lot more fun. I mean, you know, you couldn't just have one person go in there and beast the puzzle. This way, multiple people had to be able to do the puzzle, had to be able to make the image tag and post it. So um, I thought it was a good way to kind of spread things out amongst the tribe, but also kind of keep it, you know, with a puzzle, which is kind of traditionally how you guys start things. So yeah, I try to make all of the pre-merge challenges that have to deal with tribes. You want to try to spread around the, the duties of the task so you can really get a sense of who the weak link on the tribe is and kind of set people up for failing hard at the challenge and getting the boot. That's kind of how we design these things. Whereas we could have just done one puzzle and then it would, could have just been one person on the tribe doing the entire thing. But really, we want the stronger tribes to succeed and the weaker tribes to fail. I think, unfortunately, in this particular situation, that did not happen because I think Jalal was probably the strongest tribe, at least activity wise, and they lost the challenge. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, activity level, while we love it, doesn't necessarily make you the best suited tribe to keep all your members. I uh, personally love the fact that they lost, and we'll get into that as we go along. I think it really did show us, though, that while the Finasa tribe may be a little bit of a snoozer, they're all people who are going to play pretty hard and probably work their asses off to at least make the merge. So I think it set us up pretty well for some of the other people on the other tribes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know that like only four people showed up on the Finasa tribe, but like three of them, I think, have experience in other games, which I think is more than any other 
tribe. And so when all those three people are the three people actually working and then the other person is very active, I'm like not surprised at all that they won. It's a good thing in some cases when these tribes have some buffer room, especially when you get to protect the more active and interesting characters when there's a lesser active person on the tribe. That is not necessarily a terrible thing. But to your point, I think Fanasa by itself is probably more interesting than Jalal, but by virtue of them not being as active right now, it's not interesting because there's places to hide, you know? Right. Yeah, there's no need for them to like start going balls to the wall when pretty much the four or five people that showed up on the first night were just decided to work together and vote out inactive people. And this is a good point to do this podcast because we're going to go over each tribe and each contestant on the tribe and how that plays out. But it's a good point because tomorrow, unbeknownst to the cast, we're going to be having a swap with a new twist to the game. So that'll be interesting, especially for Amar and Fanasu, who have these locked-in alliances, and even Dalal to a degree, to see what happens when those get split up. Yeah, Pudi, I, I did want to ask you, how often in these games do you see these tribes kind of trying to plot around an inactive and boot somebody who's an active player? Is that something that's like typical, or is that something that the Amar tribe kind of is just like an outlier? I think it's not uncommon, but it's more rare than not. Usually when it happens, it's someone who's a little powerful power hungry, who starts to get bored with having a locked in alliance and, and starts to think outside of the box to try to make something happen that's not there, like we saw with Cole and we're seeing with Stephanie now on, on the Amar tribe. Um, I, I don't think it ends up happening. Usually the other members of the tribe are like, no, let's just boot this inactive person, you know, and then that makes the person in control look even worse by proxy, you know? Yeah. So let's just jump in with the Amar tribe. I had two episodes with them. We'll kind of cover both. I think the most surprising part of this trip was Stephanie by far, because that was someone we argued about casting and she's become one of the more active people and one of the bitchier people, which we did not see coming. I will take the hit on that. Well, but to be fair, she's acting nothing like her application or interview or anything went. If anything, she was like trying to be a sob story. She, I mean, I knew she was going to be active, but literally, yeah, she came in to the Amar tribe and she's been kind of like, if anything, like a cunt. Yeah, I mean, really. Yeah, like she's coming guns a blazing. So she started just by the first people that she met. And so there's this kind of majority alliance that's kind of taken over which is Stephanie, Rob, Gandia, and Jed, a.k.a. Jed Jr., Shabnam Jr. And she kind of spearheaded that. And she was in favor of voting out active people over Sheehan. Like, people have caught on. Like, I think Gandia and Rob, have, they're close, and Stephanie is closer with Jed. Gandia and Rob have kind of picked up on how she's overplaying, and they're kind of wary of it, but they're, like, trying not to rock the boat. I always have a hard rule in these things. I come into the game with a game plan and I don't deviate unless there's a reason to. And and the reason has to be the overall enjoyment of the game, right? So like if there's an inactive, like in this case, we've removed two inactives and just pushed the game forward a little bit. That's the only time we change our plans from the hardcore outline we have. I, I would not have let them go to tribal and vote out someone other than Sheehan. I forgot where I was going with that shit. Oh my fucking God, booty. I know. <laughs> Fuck, I'm getting old, guys. Some, what I've learned early on is like the less you interfere, the better, because even in, if these situations happen that are super frustrating for us as hosts, like we lose somebody great because someone else is jealous of them. It usually karmatically balances in the end and makes a pretty strong character moment. And I think this is one of those moments for Stephanie, even though we did end up intervening just out of uh, removing an inactive. I think this has kind of showed her true colors to the rest of the tribe. And it's really going to start. I mean, her villain storyline started the minute she suggested someone else go home over Sheehan. I agree. And I think that, you know, while I do love to see somebody who we didn't have high hopes for come in guns a-blazing, I think that both Gandia and Rob, if they get swapped with Tanya, are going to have like a very big red flag of wanting to continue to work with her because she's going to rub some people the wrong way no matter where they go, just with her headstrong personality. Well, I love to see her be HBIC of the Amar tribe right now, I don't think she's doing herself any favors in the long run. At the same time, this is something I'll get into with the Jalal tribe too. Generally, being really aggressive in the early game won't hurt you. That I found 
generally um, totally. unless, unless you're being over aggressive like to the point where you're like throwing out your own alliance members names and stuff like that right or as, as someone else did just like carelessly kind of throwing out and putting together alliances but yeah, generally especially in the beginning and even after a swap people kind of just latch on to okay what's going to get me further in the game that's right then nobody's thinking about like jury or anything this early and so you can really be quite aggressive and dictate the vote quite a bit without anybody rocking the vote because they just see it oh this is a way forward and they just latch on so i don't see any problems with steph's game necessarily i mean people have their eye on her but I, nobody's gonna vote her at like if they went to travel and they vote out clay on her i think even if they whittle down that alliance she's not even a, a target i think you know it goes in hierarchy i think steph's at the very top and then underneath her is rob followed by gandia then jed you know <sighs> See, I, I disagree with that in terms of hierarchy. I, th I think the key thing for her going forward, and, and this is something that I kind of suffered from a little bit, having played kind of an aggressive pre-merge style, is that will you adapt your game, say, okay, the pre-merge or whatever is over, that works for me then, I have to do something new now. Or will you say, oh, that got me through the whole game, so it's going to get me through the whole way, and that can really bite you in the ass. Yeah, I can't say that I know of someone who played the leadership role from the beginning in a very dictatorial way that then went into the merge and succeeded. Like, that's very rare. So rare, in fact, I think I can only think of like Cochran maybe in an all-star game, but that's different because they're all friends, you know? So I don't suspect Stephanie does better than early merge just by her play, but I think she stands a good shot of making the merge. I'd agree. And then just kind of going through the rest of the alliance quick, or in the rest of the tribe here, just because for time so I know I want to get Danny involved here because this is our preseason winner pick, Rob. He is shining so far. Really love him. He has been everything he was advertised to be in interviews and everything like that. He's being sort of aggressive, but knows how to lay back. He's in tight with so many people. His confessionals are great. I think he just was, I don't want to say awarded, but he got picked to be the tar egg for this round, which I think there's nobody better on this tribe to take advantage of this twist. I think he's going to be super active in talking with Gabby and with uh, Angela. I think that he's going to be somebody who's going to be really proactive and use this twist to his, his advantage and really set himself up well for any sort of a swap situation if he winds up on a tribe with either Gabby or Angela. So I'm really, really excited to see how this plays out with him. Yeah, he's got to be one of our stars for sure. And it's, you know, I can't quite decide if he's really likable or really unlikable because every time he kind of approaches me even it's a little aggressive and i can see that definitely grating on people over time but he is really funny and he's really active and he's ready to make some moves but he's been uh conservative about it so i think he's a late game player he's really smart about it yeah i'm gonna be really interested to see kind of how he sets himself up for a merge situation i mean even just within this tribe you know he's in that group of four but him and gandia are definitely kind of off in their own little alliance off to the side where you you know, I think that if Jed or Stephanie were to try and propose something that the other two weren't okay with, you know, they'd probably try and flip the script a little bit. So um, kind of depending on how he interacts with the other players over the next couple rounds leading up to the merge, I'm going to be really, really interested to see how far he can go. I will say, and this is why I disagreed that Steph was on top. So obviously we talked about that there are two pairs. It tends, seems to be sort of Rob and Gandia and Jed and Steph, although they're all friends. But I think Rob has been the one who by far has been the most proactive with Clay. He's on. Oh, see, I did not know that. And actually, I mean, it's clear that Rob's the best player on this drive. I mean, nobody can even question that. He's the only one who's thinking outside of this alliance and moving on to the next stage of the game already, you know? Yeah. It will be interesting to see what happens going forward. Jed, to me, just to switch gears, is... You taking a piss? No, I'm killing up a water bowl. Sorry. I should have warned you. Um, Jed, to me, I, I don't even have much to say about Jed. He's so under the radar for me at this point. Um, <laughs> uh, people seem to really like him in chats. We're probably not seeing as much of that on like the host end. But like, right. But I mean, I would say Gandia and Rob like him more than Steph. Yeah. Well, that's not, <laughs> that's not hard to do when you're 
right. going up against likability on stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, he's playing the social game. He's laying low for right now. Um, not inactive, but definitely under the radar. Someone who's not under the radar, at least in terms of personality, is definitely Gandia. Probably my favorite this season. <laughs> she has the best confessionals of anybody this season thus far. She is legitimately fucking hilarious. She's insane. <laughs> and that's saying a lot, given that we have some other people who are very good at confessionals. But I, yeah, so this is my like what fifth or sixth season hosting, and I think she has the funniest confession. Oh, she's up there of all time of some of the funniest people we've had. I mean, she is really a star here. I don't know where I found her, a diamond in the rough. This is a star for this season. I, I will be so upset if Gandia goes pre-merge. Yeah, I think one of the things that's really interesting to note with Gandia, and especially in comparison to other people people this season who are kind of playing up the big character side is like Gandia doesn't come off as like a forced I'm being like a funny character I'm being Gandia she's just coming off as funny whereas you know we have somebody like Natalie on the Fanasa tribe who's playing Natalie's character and it's kind of driving people nuts so I think it's really totally. interesting to see how those two are kind of both playing up a big character but Gandia's is coming off so well and Natalie's is coming off kind of grading to the rest of the tribe are you just saying that because they're overweight black women exactly that is exactly my <laughs> point <laughs> no uh, no I, I completely agree Gandhi is just genuinely hilarious and I think that's going to see her through the game because that's someone I think people are just going to gravitate towards her because she's fun you know and it's not forced like you said when you talk to her you just like her well and I've been doing a lot of the chat log monitoring potential future lines to keep on eye out for is Gandia with Donathan and Chelsea uh, from the Geelong oh my tribe. god so they are huge RuPaul fans and they both talk about RuPaul a lot with each other and combined with the fact that Gandhi watches and is an aspiring drag queen. I think, even personality aside, I think that if they get linked up, that's going to be an alliance made in heaven. I, I've said this in our final podcast that you were not in, Walk. I don't know if you've listened, but we were talking about that possibility of Gandhi and I think it was probably Chelsea linking up because they're both overtly gay and they have a similar interests. And what we, did, what we said in that podcast was that I can't think of a time where people have bonded that are both outward gay. Usually there's some sense of competition there, you know. I'll be interested to see. I would love for it to happen. It would be the first time it's happened and it would be very entertaining, uh, especially since those people are our two favorite players so far. Um, they both were the highest in the fan favorite poll. We'll see what happens. It, they'll either get along very well or they will not like each other at all. In my wildest dreams, those three would all work together if they wound up on the same tribe, but I'm not, not going to get my hopes up just yet. So fuck me, I guess. <laughs> Quickly covering the rest of the Amar tribe. So Sheehan never showed up, even after Sheehan <laughs> said multiple times she was coming. Fuck this fucking cunt. Never invite her back, Pootie. Like, seriously, she is going dead last in my fan favorite poll. For like, sure. Yes. Do you have any final words for her? No, fuck no. Let's move on to Tanya because she deserves some final words. I loved her. I, she was like my sympathetic favorite. Similar to Tarzan from Sri Lanka, where there's an older player who's not all in on the technical side of things and was was actually doing fairly well. I think she caught a bad break tonight. Maybe she didn't know what was going on. Uh, so I think that, in a sense, might be a loss. But if you're not going to show up and someone else is, you might as well lose your place, you know? Yeah, I agree. I will say I enjoyed her for the two days that she showed up and played. Uh, she made an attempt to uh, kind of make a counter-alliance to the major group, although I don't think that she really knew that's what she was doing. Yeah, um, yeah it was kind of awesome. Yeah, she made... She was the Tarag. Not that she really took advantage of it, but she tried. So, you know, you got to give her credit for at least putting in a little bit of effort. Wish she would have shown up tonight and maybe fought for her spot a little bit. But Yeah, definitely. Uh, kind of unfortunate event. But looking ahead, we just had the latest Tarag tasks, which allowed the tribe Wait, we to... We didn't talk about Clay at all. That's what, that's what I'm getting into, you fucker. Fine. We had the latest Toreg task, which allowed the tribe to select someone to out to the other tribes in however way, shape, or form they deemed necessary. Our Toreg was... Who's our Toreg? Uh, it's Rob. Okay. Our Toreg was Rob, who ended up selecting Clay. Interesting move here, considering Clay did not get voted out, and really set up the drama going into the swap tomorrow, because the tribe kind of took the opportunity to bag all over Clay, who then showed up during tribal council. <laughs> yeah. I am really surprised at kind of like 
dislike of clay but just kind of like the indifference towards him like well he's boring he's boring but i don't even think he's been any more boring than like jed he just like didn't show up at six o'clock on the first day and so like his personality comes off he he didn't show up tonight either yeah that's true tonight is a different story but i feel like like all of the distrust towards him came because he didn't show up until like eight o'clock on the first night and so his very jed-like personality is now all of a sudden ooh, we don't like it because he just missed out on that initial like that initial bonding moment i'm not necessarily torn up about it like he could put more effort in he could show up and really put some effort into the social game at the same time i just find it really funny how much like how quickly he was ostracized from the rest of the tribe yeah so this is another one of those character building moments that i keep talking about we really got an insight into stephanie on this one and she really set herself up to be the villain first of all anytime there's an underdog you, you naturally want to root for that person so even if clay is not the most loudest personality that we thought he was going to be in this situation he's really becoming a sympathetic character for us watching and i think that's going to benefit him going into this swap tremendously yeah no i mean i i can't see why people were bashing like somebody wrote I forget who, like, you are clearly on the bottom of the tribe, which, I mean, a 17 swap is, like, super unconventional, which is why we're doing it, to catch people off guard. But, like, why would you even say that? Because now everybody's going to try to swap him up at a swap, and he'll turn against his tribe. Well, and I think that's the bigger point, is, like, Clay, I think, is not so much boring as he is out of his element. And I think, you know, I, I really sympathize with the guy when he came in and was like, hey, you know, I mean, I showed up a little bit late on the first day. And ever since I haven't been able to gel with anyone and you really kind of feel bad for him. Like, yeah, that's kind of what happened. You just got left out by circumstance. And, and I think, you know, going into the swap, maybe this gives Clay a chance to be like, OK, I really need to get my hands dirtier in this game and start talking to people more and start playing the game a little harder. This is kind of like his crash course on playing stranded, you know? Yeah. Uh, but with that being said, now that we've set up the twist going into the swap, I think we should move on to the next tribe. Wait, just real one one thing real quick that I want to hear y'all's opinions on. Sure. So Rob is the Torag or whatever, and he got I, he got the first two idol clues and he proceeded to tell everybody on his tribe all of the idol oh, clues. that's right. Like, what do you think of that? I think it speaks to how well Stephanie has molded this alliance, that they are all kind of acting as one, and now they're sharing idol clues. But he also shared it with Clay as well, who they just told was the weakest link. And, yeah, and like going home, you know? It's a little bizarre. I thought I, I thought it would have been a good move for Rob to share it with that alliance, because then it really set them up as a strong foursome. But to share it with Clay was a head scratcher. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that, I mean, I personally am not like a huge fan of sharing idle clues. I think that it only sets you up to kind of screw yourself later. But then again, they also don't know that a swap is coming in the next round. So like maybe it's going to work out in his favor. No, I was just shocked that he shared it with Clay. I thought that was really dumb. So I guess we'll see what happens. What were your thoughts, Walk? Well, I mean, if it's me playing, I'm going to share them once I already found it. But um... (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I think maybe he couldn't find it and then shared him, you know? No, he shared it like literally two minutes after I sent it to him. (laughs) Oh, well, there's no hope then. Yeah, I don't know. I I still think he'll find it. Maybe his, I mean, maybe his thought is, hey, they're clearly going to know I'm the Toreg. And so if I give everybody the idle clues, then anybody can reasonably have it and they can't pin the target on me versus if they know I have the clues, even if I don't have the idle, they'll suspect I have it, which I can get that logic. You have to be like pretty confident that you're going to be able to out idle all these other people because giving an idol to some, basically giving an idol to someone else is kind of a waste, but yeah, yeah, that's fair. I guess we'll see how it works out for him. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know with idols. Sometimes it's better to get rid of them. Sometimes it's better to keep them to yourself. You know, it, there's no right or wrong answer because anything can happen. It depends on the circumstance, really. Yeah, so let's talk about the Fanasa tribe. These guys won both challenges, so there's not a whole lot to talk about necessarily. Most notably, Angelina was removed. R.I.P., one of our preseason absolute favorites. Oh, Mavma. Did not pan out activity-wise, which we knew was a possibility, but we took the risk anyway. So R.I.P. to her. Hats off for Angelina. So along with that, this tribe also had an activity problem with Pat. 
uh, which we were not expecting because he came out on the first night saying he was going to go guns blazing. But needless to say, he disappeared. So we replaced him with New Pat. And we don't have a whole lot to go off of on New Pat. And New Pat doesn't have a whole lot of the storyline to go off of because he's just getting to know these people. I thought it was funny. The first thing he did today was go to every single person and just was like, I have no clue what I'm doing. Please tell me what's going on. And it was really funny to compare kind of just like the different amounts of detail that all of the different players gave him in their analysis. Mike was just like, here's some bullet points of what's going on. Like just kind of kept a lot to himself. Whereas Davey was like super open and was like, Hey, here's everything I know. I think it'll be interesting to see how Pat gets along with this tribe. Yeah. And you know, uh, one thing I can say of the very little I know about Pat, cause even his app wasn't super stellar. He was just very uh, willing to be a replacement, which is always good is that he picked up on everything very quickly. Like within the hour of me giving him a crash course in the game, which is a lot to go, you know, to like throw someone into the middle of, he had already like found the twist and he was already looking for uh, the idol and trying to talk to everybody. And this was on like Saturday night. So yeah, I have high hopes for Pat, but hopefully he'd do well. Yeah. I think the swap tomorrow is really going to work in his favor. Cause I think that he's kind of the obvious boot on this tribe right now. Cause one is just kind of like, oh, well, last one in, first one out. So I think him swapping could be a really, really good situation. Yeah, absolutely. And similarly, since there's not much more to talk about with Pat, Davey was someone we did not talk about preseason because he's replacing Dan, who had to drop due to some commitment issues. And Davey has been a pleasant surprise as well for someone who was not on our initial casting radar. He's, he's very likable. He was the first Toreg, used it wisely. Uh, I don't know if I would say he used it wisely. I mean, all of those people in the first round totally flopped on using the uh, ability to chat with all of the other people in the twist. So I think he could have done better personally. I think he flopped it because... I think he totally could have used that Toreg twist to like build him into the players that are already big time on that tribe. So the Alec, Gabby, Mike, and then sort of Natalie, and then just been like, this is the idol clue. Like, let's look for it together. And then maybe like integrated himself better. But he decided to test Mike by only giving him a little bit of the clue. And then today we did the new Torex. Gabby got the, the clues and she and Mike talk and compare notes. And it was obviously not at all what Davey said. And now they are very distrusting of him. Yeah, I kind of love that. I think Davey is a little naive in his play style. I'm just looking at it from a character perspective. I don't have a great read on it yet, but at least he's offering us something. I do think, however, that Pat is going to be more critical to the game than Davey ends up being. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I was... I was talking more along like a, a game analytical kind of path, but him kind of putting himself out there, I think, is a good character building moment. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be really interesting to see. I don't want to say if he kind of like the same thing as Pat, where how the swap will affect him. Um, but he's another one where I think that the swap could really set him up well, either to work with some other people or to really get in tight with Gabby, Alec or Mike, just like somebody else that's active on their tribe. Because I just I don't see him really making that impact if he just stays on Finasa with them and things just kind of stick with the status quo. The only thing is, I would agree with that, except he's not exactly killing. Like, I don't see him making all these aggressive moves. I didn't see him tonight that much. If he was here, he was definitely not posting a whole lot. He was, I don't think he was in the challenge part. I think he said he was going to be mobile and he like warned people ahead of time that he wouldn't be like a huge part of it. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell this, you know, this early on, but I just don't see him swapping and being the one to like think this is the opportunity to mix everything up. Like, I just think he'll get overshadowed. Yeah. Anyways, after Davey, do you guys want to move on to talking about Natalie? Yeah, that's a good going in order of least impactful to most. Natalie is... She's there. She's she's not what we <laughs> thought would happen. I think Natalie is, is, like a lot of people on this tribe, is playing the long game. I think she's trying not to be threatening right now by playing up the character of Natalie. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, for anyone who hasn't been following along, Natalie is... 100% committed to the role play of playing this game as Natalie Cole of Ghost Island fame. Uh, going as far as... David versus Goliath, man. Oh. Come on. She's a Goliath. Jesus. I forgot about that. I'm already like into Edge of Extinction mode and 
over no, it. You're acting like a David. I am. I am the ultimate David. It's so bad at this point that I'm almost about to like check in to make sure she knows that she doesn't have to play as Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to see like a little bit of that in confessionals. Like obviously she's more like Natalie's more sane in confessionals than in person. Um, and I actually, I love the shtick. I think the fact that she's willing to role play as Natalie for this long is insane. Oh, it's fucking hilarious. It's so good. And it's something only somebody who's been around forever would do. Um, <laughs> no, I, and I can't tell if it's, you know, like he's played a, co- a bunch of games and he's in on the joke or if he's used to games where they actually role play. You know, I'm not, I'm, I want to make sure that it's a joke. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely think that if he's doing it just for the sake of not being taken seriously this early in the game, then it's genius. And I mean, if he's still able to maintain like a strategic relationship with people while putting on this crazy character, I think it could be like the perfect strategy to take him deep. I don't necessarily know if people would respect him at the end for the win. I mean, it's definitely different than what I've seen in any of the games that I've lurked or played so it's definitely more of like walk will know it's more of like an orgy type gameplay where people definitely don't take it as seriously and love to troll that's kind of what what i'm getting from it but i'm not sure like he's not a part of orgy so i don't know what kind of games he's playing yeah it's a concern i think really where he's gonna have to worry is in the swap he's managed to carve out a nice alliance on this drive just out of activity but I, it'll depend on who's in on the joke and how many Natalie fans there are when we swap and how many people are like, all right, this is fucking annoying. Yeah. But anyway, moving on to the core of the tribe, I think. Yeah, these three are definitely, they're the core lines here. They're the, they're going to be the big players moving forward. Yeah, I think, I think Gabby's playing the best game, but I think at this point, Mike has really stepped up from what we thought he was going to do. And I think he's really becoming the linchpin of this tribe. Yeah, I definitely think he finds himself in the middle of, I don't want to say in the middle of everybody, but he's definitely kind of like the go-between between Alec and Gabby. Like, I think both Alec and Gabby consider Mike their number two rather than each other. I do worry a little bit with Mike that he's going to latch on to one of these people and just kind of, you know, go along with the flow, which I think well, is something hasn't. we talked about beforehand. He hasn't, though, and you're right. That is the fear, but I no longer have that fear because he is like he's got inroads with Davey that are outside of Gabby and Alec. Like he's definitely an independent player and he's definitely playing pretty well. Not even as uh, reserved as I thought he would. He's really getting in there socially with a lot of people. Yeah, no, he's definitely been, and he's definitely, I think, I don't want to say the most active, but close to the most active person on this tribe, which I think will work in his favor. We'll see. I mean, I'm excited to see how he does a little nervous that, you know, he might get overshadowed by either Alec or Gabby better than our preseason expectations. Yes, I think the ball kicker interview did him a hell of a lot of good because he's totally different than the interview. I mean, he really is playing a proactive game versus a passive game. And even more so than Gabby and Alec are. I think those guys are really laying low. We know they have the game, the gamesmanship down pat. And we know like late in the game, they're going to be power players. And it's not that they're not playing. I think they're just comfortable. This tribe's one immunity and they know that they don't need to play right now. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I, they're comfortably in a majority alliance that has had on a tribe that's been a little inactive and they've never had to go to tribal. Like there's no reason if they're a good player, there's no reason to be throwing anybody's name or trying to pull anything. It's just trying to be kumbaya or whatever. Yeah. And I think going into the swap, those two are the ones we're really going to look out for Gabby and Alec. Yeah, no, I'm excited to see how the two of them play. Either one of them, it'll be really interesting to see them as somebody who gets like a little bit swap screwed. I think it'll be really interesting to watch them play on their own and not just in their little kumbaya hangman camp. I would love to see them all stick together, though, because I do like this tribe, even though they haven't been that entertaining. Right. And I think, you know, now's a good point to jump to the most entertaining tribe. And that is the Jalal tribe who lost the first immunity, unfortunately, and finally won the immunity tonight. Yeah, no, the Jalal tribe has been a complete... I don't want to say train wreck, but just kind of like train speeding towards a train wreck for the first five days of this game. And it's been incredible to watch. 
Yeah, I mean, thank God they lost that challenge. I hate that they lost it because ideally they didn't, but it really kickstarted this game and made it very exciting for us to watch. Just to like start off and set the stage, so like the Kellen and Chris basically they set up an, an alliance called the Cool Kids Alliance for several of the first couple people to come on board. So it was Chris, Kellen, Brendan, and Chelsea. And they basically, they made their first target. They wanted to get out Donathan was the, they were had like some camp thread and Donathan made a joke about like getting an idol clue or something. And that made them see him seem like he's like some huge threat, which is complete bullshit, but whatever. Yeah. But I mean, the, the key, the key thing is that, so Chelsea comes out and she, her actual number one alliance member, despite this alliance being out there, is actually our good friend Ziggy Sebastian. Mm. And she tells him, hey, by the way, I'm not, like, they're not targeting you, but this alliance exists. And we know Ziggy is not afraid to go balls to the wall early. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if anything... Chris and Kellen's downfall is that Ziggy was not, Sebastian was not a part of this initial alliance. Oh, 100%. I think if you don't have Ziggy or Sebastian on this tribe, I think that the cool kids just kind of run the show for these first couple votes. But I think having Sebastian on this tribe and have, having him kind of realize that, hey, it's not cool that this group of four exists and I'm not a part of it. Let me see what I can do. And then really working Chelsea as hard as he can for a full day. I think that that was like the perfect storm to kind of throw Kellen's plans off the rails. Yeah. And I think, you know, as as much as it sucked losing Chris first, because I hate losing someone who's dying to be in, and we have people who are not showing up. It really set up the season for me, especially on this try. It really got things going of, okay, these people are here to play. Oh yeah. And Chris was hilarious too. Like he, he's probably my favorite first boot since like, whoa. It was a yeah, shit show. Yeah. But like Chris came in here and he was like telling people, he's like, yeah, I'm like really good at like survival stuff. Like it's really going to help us as a tribe. And I'm like, does he the actual <laughs> thing that's like, gonna, I don't know. It's Cole's friend. So you don't know. But like I, he was great. I, I really like uh, he'll definitely get another chance at some point. Second chances with Woo, baby. Yeah. coming. <laughs> I mean, it's so many people in this season are great. Like, it's definitely after this season would be the prime time for a second chance because we're going to lose some good people early. Yeah, for sure. Just to kind of run through the people in this tribe, we can maybe start with like Brendan because I don't really remember him. Yeah, Brendan, outside of being the first Tarig. No, he wasn't or, the Tarig. He got. Oh, targeted. he was chosen. Okay, that's yeah, right. Having his vote stolen. Yeah, shows you where my head's at. Yeah, I don't know. He, I, The one thing I liked was that he, it kind of put him on blast, but isn't he in the majority line? He was, but he wound up, he didn't get to vote, but he would have been on the wrong side of the numbers had he been able to vote at uh, uh, that first tribal. Because he's still kind of in with Kellen. Was he here tonight? I didn't see him online. Yeah, see, that that worries me. He has not logged in since Friday. That worries me a lot. But, you know, if he's an early casualty, that's not a huge loss, unfortunately. Hopefully he shows up and changes that. But as of right now, looking too good for Brendan. Yeah, I don't know. I think that, you know, had things worked out and he would have been on the right side of that vote and Chris would have stuck around. I think he would have been in a really good spot. But once again, Sebastian just kind of ruined his spot. So let's jump into Sebastian because I think that's a good place to go down the alliance from there. So Sebastian, like you said, he came in after this alliance was formed and then since then has completely taken over the tribe, like not even close. And actually, I mean, we knew that would happen. We knew he'd come in guns blazing. I didn't expect him to be this tribe stephanie though kind of ruling with an iron fist uh, it, it, it's different though because i feel like Seabass is way more likable than stephanie is because he's got like the seaweed alliance with chelsea where they're each other's number one and then he's also donathan's number one like donathan was only they went idol hunting together he's very much at least with those two like very tight and they both really value him and so i don't really see him as like a people don't see him as like oh he's like this guy ruling but we know what's going on i mean i also think it's important to note that like sebastian's first reaction after finding 
finding out about the Cool Kids Alliance was that he was going to blow the tribe up and just tell everybody that he knew, which I'm really glad he didn't do that because that's, you know, classic Ziggy out of isolated move where you just kind of tell everybody everything and cause a bunch of chaos, but then don't really leave yourself any like plausible deniability. Um, so I think the way that things worked out where Chelsea was just kind of ready to flip on Chris like just one specific person. I think it kind of worked out in his best interest. I'll be interested to see how long he can hold all four of these people together. I think it'd be interesting to see how long he can hold himself together, I think is the real question, because we all know he's a fan of overplaying. We all know he's going to get bored at some point and want to pull something. I think for him, he needs to find a controlled environment where it's safe to make moves on people. With a swap coming up, that's going to be dangerous for him. Yeah, I the, the beginning, Ziggy, where before he found out about this alliance... Like he's going to be need to be that level of chill and like the level of chill where he's like best friends with these people. Because generally, in my experience, the people who get targeted first after a swap is somebody who just the first person who throws out a person of the majority alliance's name. It's easy to just rally against them. And so he should not be that person or he should try not to be. Yeah, I mean, I always say in a swap, it's best to kind of play open and forget about your old tribe and just kind of go in and make as many new friends as you can. It's almost better to be the one that jumps than to be the one jumped on. At the same time, you don't want to set yourself apart from everyone, because if you come on too aggressively right away, it becomes a question of how honest is he being? And in this situation, if he tries to jump ship on his alliance, he will be lying. And I think that'll get caught out if he's like, hey, I'm on the bottom and we really want to work with you guys now. You know, I don't think that's going to fly. Yeah. And I also think that, you know, Ziggy's tendency to just kind of like make up stories as he goes. If he tries to pull something like that on a new tribe, I think it won't be too difficult for them to sniff something out. So hopefully he can kind of calm himself down and enter any sort of a swap with like a level head. Yeah, I mean, th- so Karen in Karen's preview, which I really liked his preview for this tribe, it was pretty much Angela has experience in games and is a level-headed normal person. And everyone else is either a noob or batshit. And given how Angela's approach at least in this part of the game was really to be hands-off and let people kind of take themselves out which we can argue about that approach she she basically backed off and gave ziggy reins of a crazy tribe there if you try to pull that on some of these better players that are going to make it forward i don't know how well that's going to work yeah i'm not even i'm not sure where angela's head's at like i I know she's a serious player um and i know she's in the mix but i don't i don't have a great impression of her so far like i just know she's not quite as aggressive as mike is but in a similar situation yeah she's i mean i've been paying attention so tonight has definitely been her best night so far um i mean so so far, she's on the Jalal tribe. She's just kind of been floating in the middle. And then on the first vote, once she heard that people were targeting her, she just joined the majority to vote out Chris. But she wasn't necessarily, she's not like super bonded to the, those other three. But tonight, she's the Toreg. She got the idle clue and just and didn't tell anyone, just started guessing like ham and has been really chatting up with the other Toregs, it looks like. So it looks like Angela's starting to get into gear a little bit. Okay, so uh, she could be a serious contender for, a la- you know, and that's the hard thing with these new players. You never know quite when someone's game's going to kick in, especially the ones that are laying low in the beginning. Like we know with Alec and Gabby, at some point they're going to go into overdrive. There could be others that we're not sure of you know yeah no i think angela will definitely be really interesting to watch as the game progresses because you can tell that she has like a good idea of what's going on i just think that she you can't blame her i don't think it's necessarily a bad idea to come into these games and kind of take a back seat and just kind of follow the numbers to start because you know we talk all the time about how easy it is to overplay and just kind of get yourself voted out i think it'll be interesting to see how she kind of starts to put her game together if she's going to, you know, try and stick with these people that have voted with her or if she's willing to just kind of like go with whoever is willing to vote with her. Because I could definitely see her being someone who's just like back and forth between a ton of different alliances, like just not really ever like staking a claim somewhere. Sorry, Shuggy got in on the cast for a second. What up, Shuggy? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's I think Walk said it earlier. She's standing or no, Karen from Karen's blog. She's standing out on this try because she's not playing 
as insanely as everyone else is. She's kind of keeping her head and making logical moves, whereas even Ziggy is just kind of all over the place. Yeah. It says a lot that, like, we've talked so much about this cast or this tribe, and we probably haven't even talked about the three craziest people yet. Right. <laughs> well, let's not bury the lead then. Let's go ahead and jump into the fan favorite so far, Chelsea. Oh, Chelsea's insane. Yeah, Chelsea is the perfect mix of like a Gandia and a Sebastian. <laughs> that is a really good combo for her. Talk about somebody, though, that's just like directly in the middle of like everything going on in the tribe, just like by complete happenstance. Like, I don't think that Chelsea like intentionally put herself in as like everyone's best friend, but like here she is five days in and like Kellen's telling her everything. Seabass is telling her everything. Donathan is telling her everything. She's got a decent relationship with Brendan. She has a decent relationship with Angela. Like just because she talks to them, I don't think that she has any like actual plan of what she wants to do with these relationships. I think she's just cool being everyone's friend, but now like here she is stuck having to make a decision of who she wants to vote out. But she was unfortunate in putting herself with a hand in every pot. I was nervous about activity because she's in Asia preseason. That has not been an issue. She maybe has been the most active person on this tribe. Mm -hmm. Her confessionals are really funny. She was not my fan favorite. I like her a lot. I had some other people ahead of her. But I think at least for like the first episode, because Jalal was kind of at the center of everything, and she was at the center of Jalal, really just Chelsea was out there for all the viewers to kind of see. Yeah, I mean, but I do. Uh, I mean, I do get it. I, I had Gandhi at first, but I mean, she and Chelsea are very similar. Now, the more I'm paying attention to Chelsea, the more I agree. Right now, she's that perfect mix of gameplay and personality. Maybe we'll see more from Gandhi, but really, I think if we're looking at contenders to win, Chelsea's up there. I mean, she, she's going to be too big of a threat, but at the very least, like she's a very good player. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll just be really interesting to see how long she can kind of keep up this middleman persona of like just like being everyone's friends i mean after this vote where they voted out chris she was like able to go right back to kellen and be kellen's best friend and was like oh i don't know what happened with the vote and kellen just fucking believed it that's like how much kellen trusts chelsea already so it'll be interesting to see how long she can keep that going for her yeah and i think you know i'm gonna jump in a little bit on donathan um jump the gun here i think you know the difference between Donathan and Chelsea, although they have very similar personalities, is that Donathan's not so game savvy. And I think, you know, where I could see Chelsea making moves, I don't see Donathan necessarily being the one to stick his neck on the line. I think Chelsea would be, though. Yeah, I agree with that. Donathan's a lot of fun. But yeah, he, until Ziggy, Sebastian blew up that alliance, I don't think, I, I'm, if, if Sebastian's not there, he's gone. Right. Yeah, agreed. I think that Donathan's a lot of fun. I think that he has an interesting take on everything, but I just, I don't see him being anything other than a number for people in this alliance. So, so let's talk a little bit about Sebastian then, because he's at the center of this core alliance. Um, and we're going to save Kellen for last because it'll lead into the swap, but let's talk about Z Sebastian's relationships. You said he's got direct relationships with Chelsea and Donathan. How, what's his relationship with Angela? Is it Angela is kind of letting him take the reins a little bit? Yeah, I think it's just that he told Angela they were targeting him. And then I, if I remember correctly, I think he also told her like what their fake vote was going to be, which is like how he was able to get her to trust him to vote out Chris. But I think that's really all their relationship is other than just like some pleasantries here and there. I think he's counting her in like his numbers on the tribe, but I don't necessarily think that she's counting him as like a steady ally. Yeah, I um, I actually think Sebastian here reminds me the most of Walk. I know Walk. We talked a little bit about how uh, Stephanie was playing aggressively in the beginning and controlling an alliance. I really think Sebastian is playing a very similar game to how you played in uh, Turks and Caicos last season. Can you speak a little bit of how you think he'll do here and any mistakes you see him making? Yeah, he kind of he kind of did. I think I could go on and on about the differences in how we're playing um but i think yeah sebastian he's been like a like a happy-go-lucky guy and i think the number one thing to be nervous about with him 
is that he's gotten nothing but positive feedback mm-hmm. loops so far in that like he went for broke and it worked and he went on this idol hut with Donovan and they're best friends. And like, it's, it's basically everything's been going his way so far. And you need to really make sure that you don't let your guard down and that you don't just assume everything's going to continue to be happy go lucky because you're not going to get a Chris and a Kellen on every tribe. I do want to just really quick talk about him and Donovan's idol hunt, which they got the, uh, the mountain clues. And they figured out it was, a. I mean, they did a couple of really stupid things like Ziggy for a second was like, oh, it's hidden in the forums. Um, I, all the isolated people are doing that. Like Jed thought that with that, the, the Amar idol was hidden in one of like the host post history or something like that. And mm. like, it's, it's the isolated people. But like they figured out it was a mountain. They like are conv- there. It was just really funny to watch, but they like couldn't figure out. I don't think we can get what their guesses were, but I guarantee you, based on Donathan entering a hundred mountains names in Morocco, he definitely typed the name of the mountain, but just the English name and not the Arabic name, which is what the, mm. the idol is. And so there well, one y'all are going to be killing yourselves listening to this and finding out later. But it was just really funny to watch them because they like couldn't figure it out. And then they're like, yeah, fuck this. Like the earth's flat anyway. Like, <laughs> okay. Well, and I also think it's funny that like, they're all like, oh, like, I think I've seen like four different people say this now where they're just like, oh, these clues are so stupid. And I was like, no, the clues not that bad. It's just that like these people don't understand how to search for the idols really in stranded like they're thinking it's just going to be like oh it's a mountain it's just going to be like the first mountain that i type in it has to be that one but they're also only on clue number one so like i always tell walk these are noobs don't go too hard on them hey i I don't think we went hard on them at all they typed in the name of the mountain probably on the first clue like that's a pretty light clue it'll just take them a little time to to kind of figure that out Mm. Okay, well, it'll be interesting to see. Um, and, I, and I think to close out this tribe, uh, we have to talk about Kellen, who I think has been the breakout star of this tribe and also my most unexpected pleasant surprise this season. Kellen is crazy. Like, she's straight up crazy. <laughs> I have no idea how crazy she is. She's like, totally- And how you can be this crazy 150% the entire time. Like, there's been zero letdown. Like, I would just get exhausted. I know. I'm, I'm almost kidding myself for considering not casting this person totally insane zero awareness which we love and you know she's gonna be great going forward this twist happened at the right time and happened to the exact right person with everyone talking shit about Calvin right before we go into a swap I know it's great. I wish that they would have been a little more mean to her in their messages personally, but um, no, I'm super excited to see her just lose it on people and like flip and just whoever she swaps with. I just can't wait to see what she does to try and get revenge on the people voted against her at the first tribal. Cause I wouldn't put it past her for a second to be like that petty bitch. That's going to oh, hold on to this for the rest of the game. I hope that's who she is after all this buildup. Because, I mean, it would be such a bummer to end the story with, like, a swap and pretty much everyone agrees to boot her. Like, the story has to end with her finding a new home with people that like her, you know. I agree. That would be awesome. But at the same time, she's crazy, so she's going to fuck that up, too. I'm just excited about it prolonging the insanity here. (laughs) Prolonging the inevitable. Yeah, I mean, as long as we can keep her and enjoy the ride, the better we'll be entertainment-wise. Yeah. What's uh, up? been your favorite Kellen moment so far? Oh God, I don't know. Maybe her missing the vote. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. And then not, I don't even know if she still knows that she missed it. No, I think she thinks we counted it and we just didn't read it because it was for the person going home. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, I loved that. Um, I also loved when she made like 12 group chats a minute into being in the game and then kept messaging me like, oh, can you delete this one? I made it without a password. Oh, can you delete this one? I made it with an incriminating title. I loved when she suggested that they purposely lose. When did that happen? I missed that. Didn't didn't she like tell Chelsea, like, I hope we lose tonight or something like that? No, she said, uh, well, maybe that happened. But I remember she told Chelsea that she wasn't here for the money and she hopes that Chelsea wins and that she loses. It's the most obvious pandering 
and line of bullshit I've ever heard. Oh no, I'm not here to win. I hope I really hope you you win. I'm here to play for you. Yeah, I want to get you to the end so you can get that hundred dollars, girl. Yeah, right. I don't, Chelsea, my favorite was Chelsea's response. It's like, LOL, what? Because <laughs> like, it came out of came out of fucking nowhere. Like that's how she started the conversation. Was you know, Chelsea, I'm really not here to win. <laughs> oh, Kellen, I wonder what you're doing here. Yeah, right. Okay, oh, we'll just leave that. So, uh, looking forward to this twist we get. So, we're doing a swap at 17 tomorrow. And so, you may be thinking, if well, if you're not involved with the host, well, 17 divided by two, you have a remainder. It's because we we teased it a little bit with the Toreg, but we're going until the merge, uh, like the key twist of the season is this thing called the Nomad, which is based on like in Morocco, these people, they just kind of like wander throughout the whole desert, uh, fucking each other, I guess. Um, <laughs> sheep. Yeah, or sheep. Just any sand, sand dicks, I guess. Anywhere um, you can put it. Yeah, uh, but basically, what we're, it's it's basically going to be a, a glorified exile island. So basically, there's going to be two tribes of eight, and then one person who's the nomad. They'll be on their own tribe, so they don't have to participate in challenges, can't get voted out that round, and they'll have an idol to look for that's just them. But they can talk to literally everyone in the game. And then at the end of the round, they will pick somebody to swap places with them. And I'm super excited for this twist. Yeah, there's a lot of potential here. The first twist was kind of like, you know, I mean, we're just throwing things at them to see how they react. And hopefully there's a little bit of drama there. But this is really the one that uh, this whole focus point of the season. And I really think it's going to set up some drama, especially if we can get two people who constantly trade off the Nomad. Ooh, yeah, that that could be a lot of fun. And depending on who the Nomad is, I think will bring a lot of drama. Like I could see someone like a Natalie becoming the Nomad and really starting some shit. Yeah, that's what I was, I was going to ask next is like, in your dream scenario, who's the first nomad? Kellen. Kellen being the nomad would be incredible. Just because I'm a story guy. And uh, I mean, just by karma and putting it out there, it has to be Kellen. Like it probably won't, but that would be ideal. I think from each tribe, I think Kellen would be the best case if it was somebody off of Jalal. I think that Clay being the nomad would be really good for him mm-hmm. to be swapped. And, you know, that would give him time to kind of figure out like who the fuck he can work with and get out of this kind of like perpetual at the bottom thing that he's at at Amar. And then um, I think Natalie would be the most fun to see go from Finasa. I, I would also like to see Pat only because he has no ties to anyone. So letting him be out on his own and forming bonds on both tribes could be interesting. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the worst case scenario is Brendan getting it because he's the least active or another person who's not going to be active. We really want the first one to be someone who's going to take advantage of this twist. Yeah, absolutely. And th- this is something I just like was interested in was like, what's the strategy with it? Because like the Torah, the strategy, I mean, blocking someone's vote, like most of the time they're just blocking inactive people. There was no real like strategy to it. Other than maybe like, who do you share this idol clue with? But like deciding like which tribe you're going to go to and who you pick to replace you is it's kind huge. Of, it's huge. Because you can affect the numbers. You can sway the vote just by replacing someone. A lot can happen. Yeah, I'm fascinated to see kind of how this plays out, especially the picking which tribe you're going to go to aspect. I personally think if we wind up with somebody like a Mike or a Gabby, I think they're probably just going to swap out with their friends so they can stay on the same tribe and kind of keep the numbers wherever they are. That's the interesting part because there are three tribes going into the swap. So with an even divide on all three tribes, I mean, on two tribes, that will really shift the numbers. Yeah. Because I mean, like, let's say it's a tribe of eight, if you did like three, three and two, swapping one person out shifts the numbers totally, you know? Right. No, I mean, it's going to be really cool to see how it plays out. Um, I'm really, really hoping that people take advantage of the ability to talk to both tribes. I think that was something that we didn't really get necessarily out of that first round of the Tarag twist. But um, I really hope that they do it. What are the odds that an entire tribe attempts to swap to the same tribe together. What do you mean? Like in a pick them? No, like, okay, so you're replacing someone. So let's say the tribes want to get back to their original alliances. You know, let's oh. say like... Like okay. all of Finassa tries to, tries to get back on one tribe and all of Dalal tries to get back on one tribe. But I mean, to do that, say there's like two on each tribe. If you want to get with your people, you have to bring someone who's not one of your people to be the nomad and then they have control. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're you're then hoping that that person wants to be with their people on, on the other tribe, you know? 
Yeah. And I mean, there's a whole lot of that too, because I mean, it's not only are you swapping with someone and making them safe and deciding what tribe you're going to go to, you are also signaling to everybody some. Uh, yeah. Like, like if you suddenly go to the tribe with the most Fanasa people, I want to stay strong with them or something like that. And especially for someone, I would say Rob, who, if anything, has read way too into a lot of stuff like post counts. Like he would be somebody who could like see you swapping onto with certain people and totally try to use that against you. Yeah, well. And it's interesting because this twist is it's an evolution of the uh, Suriname twist where the partners would switch on tribes and stay immune. This is the next level of that, where what if there are no partners and we're still having people switch tribes constantly, but they're replacing someone and in the process, choosing the next person to be immune. In Suriname, that happened where we had a tight alliance of a tribe that then went into the merge with the numbers and it ended up creating a huge target on them. Um, so that could that could also happen as well. Like even if this ends up unsorting the tribes, it's going to set up one alliance as a threat or yeah. one tribe as a threat. I can see that. But I also think like these are serious players. Like there are at least two or three people on each tribe that I don't see sticking with one alliance throughout the entire pre-merge. Yeah, I mean, it'll be yeah, it'll be super interesting. I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see we just started seeing people seriously start to go after idols tonight to see who who's going to get them. Um, and, and I think it's part of the fun of the Nomad too is there's also the temptation of the idol there. There's an idol on the Nomad tribe, which it like basically it offers you a choice. Like you could try to talk to everybody that you haven't talked to yet or your old ally, or you could spend some time trying to search for this idol. And I think what I'm really excited about with the twist and why I think it's important that Brendan doesn't go is that it's a twist that really rewards people who want to put a lot of time into it. And I think those sorts of twists generally work out well for the game. Yeah, I mean, really, it's up to the nomad where they want to go. So it's up to them to set up an alliance on one of the other tribes, you know, or and I could see people even like counting on that vote and then the nomad deciding not to go with that tribe and kind of fucking some people out of a vote. Yeah. And there's a lot of ways this could go. I, I think it's just one of those things that it's a drastic change. So we'll have to see how it plays out. We're hoping for the best. Hopefully there's no giant loophole we're missing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what could end up happening is that, you know, one tribe dominates challenges and the nomad just swaps people on that majority tribe back and forth you know yeah that would be the a boring scenario yeah i mean but that's the same thing that could happen on any other season where one tribe just dominates and then they're the majority going into the merge right and at least we'll have some cross-tribal communication with the nomad twist right at the very least you know no i think either way will be good it shouldn't really make too much of a difference all right guys well let's let's go ahead and wrap this up uh walk take us away yeah yeah so uh thanks for spending your sunday evening with us instead of with your significant others <laughs> <laughs> or whenever people else they're probably i like it's hilarious to me that people are probably like listening to this at work or whatever i feel so accomplished and so important because yeah. I, do, I don't normally in my life so we hear fam oh, oh my god alexa um but yeah, yeah. So thanks for joining. Um, we'll probably our, our cadence for this is gonna be like two a week. So we'll probably do another one of these like Wednesday, Thursday ish. We're looking forward to the swap. The game's about to really start now. I think we had a good initial round of deweeding all of the inactives, and I think now we're left with a strong group. Hopefully, going forward, we get some real gameplay. Yeah, for sure. All right, as we sign off, everybody, what's your uh, what's your who's your winner pick right now? I'm gonna stick with my winner pick of Rob. Ooh, I don't know who's yours. Walk. Oh, I uh, Rob. Rob looks great, but I think right now I'm gonna say. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Rob just because, I mean, Gabby looks really good right now, but Gabby has not been put in any scenario that requires any navigating. So it's really hard to pick her. It's just based Mm -hmm. off of preseason. Just that Rob is constantly thinking and he's in a good spot right now. I mean, obviously shit changes so fast, but I would pick Rob. Okay. I actually, I'm going to go with who I think, who I've seen so far play really well. And that's Angela or Mike with a kicker of Alec. I think those three so far have been not, not too um, on the radar, but not too under the radar. Really played played the middle really well. So 
I could see that benefiting them, and I think they're in for the long haul. So I'm going to go Angela Mike with a possibility of Alec. All right, Sam. There, there it is. Yeah, you heard it first. Um, enjoy your work or college week or, in David's case, uh, middle school week. Um, <laughs> see you all in third period. Yeah, signing off. Good pod, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>